Welcome to Shopcast, a weekly podcast where we answer questions about some of the most important values of the growing prayer movement in Canada. My name is Emily, and joining me today, as always, is Brian Creary, Director of Sanctuary House of Prayer in Winnipeg, and also my dad. Hi, Em. Morning. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been gone for months. Feels like it. Yeah. Certainly many weeks. Well, the last time we recorded was like November or something, right. feels like. So So what's happened? How come we haven't been here? Uh, well, we all got really, really sick. Like mm-hmm. pretty much everybody in shop. Yeah, that was brutal. When you got a house of prayer that's together a lot and the flu goes through, everybody takes cover because we were all going to get it. And when we got it, we lost our voices and we coughed and hacked, particularly me. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> we thought it may be a bad idea to record. Nobody wanted to hear that. Nope. But we're recovering. We're coming through. And the last few days in Winnipeg has been, uh, we're in the early part of February now, and it's cold. And the second round of the flu is coming through. Yesterday morning, we woke up. The wind chill was at minus 48. <laughs> you might have slept through that. I did. Minus 48. So, you know, that uh, gets your attention. But we're here. We're back. And we're ready to talk again. So in this episode, Emily, as we our first one for 2020, we're going to flip the tables. And I'm going to ask the questions and you're going to do the answering uh, because uh, you're a young, emerging and growing worship leader in our house of prayer. Uh, you haven't been doing it for that long, but you are... Uh, leading your own set or co-leading your own set and and you've done both worship with the word format and now you're in doing intercession you've done devotional sets in our house i want to kind of get inside your mind a little bit and find out what you think and what you value and why you do the things that you do and where, where's the where do you think are the weaknesses and all those things because i'm pretty sure that there will be people that are going to listen to this that are interested in becoming uh, more involved on worship teams and you know you're just a young lady how is it that you're doing this and why are you thinking what you're thinking so let me just fire a few questions at you so when you take the the role of being on the stage and you're going to lead you're going to lead worship time a corporate worship times actual written songs what's the most important thing to you and what's in your mind and in your heart as you start out like what i want to accomplish on Mm -hmm. stage yeah i think that At the beginning when I first started or when I switched over from worship with the word to intercession, I had this idea in my mind because I'd never done intercession before. And I thought of intercession as more like a whole different animal. Mm. And it was kind of just like you need fast paced songs and songs about revival and songs that are way more corporate than devotional. Mm -hmm. Because you're like trying to get them fired up for the second half to pray. And if you do like all sleepy songs and no one's going to want to pray in the second half. (laughs) Like that's actually, that's actually how I viewed it. And so. um, You're, You're probably not the only one that's thought that. Yeah. And so when I started doing intercession, I was really intimidated because I didn't have any songs like that. And I'm not that type of person at all. Like all of my songs are slow devotional really like heart songs and i don't like the songs that are fast paced and i don't know they still ones that are more about me than about jesus and so i was really intimidated when i first started so i i called grandma Mm. and i asked her what do i do i don't know how to do this thing and 
she said that my goal should just be to encounter the Lord first mm. instead of leading the people and thinking about what songs are going to make them want to pray. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she said, just choose songs that you love and that speak to your heart and that are about encountering the Lord. And so I did that. Okay. So you're saying then you made an adjustment from trying to lead the room. Mm-hmm. This is too strong a word. Trying trying to manipulate the circumstances or the tools that are in front of you to get a good response. And you just turned your eyes back towards the Lord and said, okay, I'm just going to sing songs that move my own heart mm-hmm. and I'm going to be really worshipful. And then we'll let some of those other things follow. Is that right? Yeah. And once I started doing it, I totally forgot that like in the beginning, I thought I was supposed to be doing a certain model. Like a few months ago, I did Daughters of Jerusalem on intercession. Mm. Which would, in the old days, we would have said that's just like a... Yeah, absolutely no. No, don't do such a thing. Yeah. But did it work? Yeah. <laughs> and and why do you think it worked? Because it encounters my heart. Mm. And I think that translates throughout the team. Mm-hmm. And then if the team gets it, then the room can see that and feel that. Mm-hmm. And so... That was kind of my goal. Mm. And, you know, as a, so- a song in and of itself, what's mm-hmm. the chorus? Uh, sick. Yeah. And then the line, all I want is to mm-hmm. be with you where you are. I mean, that so expresses or should express where we where we sit as a, as a devoted followers of Jesus anyway. Yeah. So it's not like it's a big departure from what is true. It's just that stylistically, it seems a little more... Uh, mm-hmm. mellow, devotional. It's going to put people to sleep. But, it, you know, is it really true that songs like that put people to sleep? Or if it speaks to their spirit, if they if it engages them or they say yes to it, does it actually cause an, an, an energizing that can translate well into prayer? Yeah, I definitely think so. That was like my goal after I started doing it, that I realized that songs like that were better for people to be engaged instead of just jumping into a really like strong, powerful, fast paced song when people are not even engaged to begin with, Mm. because those are harder to be engaged with because they're not even really, sometimes they're not even really about the Lord. They're just more about us. Mm. And so you're trying to muster up willpower to pray from the first minute and nobody's engaged. Mm. So I start low and then I shoot high by the time we're you're trying to get yeah, their the hearts hearts connected. Yeah. What about this willpower idea? I mean, you know, the House of Prayer here as a shop has been around for almost 14 years. And there have been uh, times where I would say that in our prayer room, it was willpower. Like there wasn't a whole lot of uh, enjoyable prayer. We were just staying steady because it was in front of us. Don't quit. How important do you think that's been in your experience? I mean, I know you're just starting, but do, do you feel like... Sometimes you just got to do it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get the benefit of the grace and power of God to help you. Yeah. I think I experienced that more on worship with the word than intercession, especially because uh, I was leading the first set of the day. Mm. And so you're getting everybody's baggage from where they were just at coming in. And so not everybody wants to be there. Or they're just not ready to go. Yeah, Yeah. And so... It takes a while to get into it. So by the time that we're like at the halfway mark where we transition mm-hmm. into where we're singing into the passage, mm-hmm. 
then people are just getting going. And that's like where the hardest part comes in mm. because the second half is way harder than just singing a worship song that everybody knows by heart already. Right. So the second half is that antiphonal section mm -hmm. where you're, you're singing through a Bible passage and you're, you're singing creatively and you're singing prophetically and you're working as a team. So you're singing off of each other. Um, there's a lot more going on. It's all spontaneous, right? Nothing's mm -hmm. written out. You have to, you're just making things up as you go. Yeah. So that's a lot more challenging. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like uh, in your, in your, in the emerging years, as you were making your way along, you know, your first time on the stage as a singer and then becoming a chorus leader, you got trained in IHOP while you were there. And now your worship leading experience, do you feel like you watched a lot of other worship leaders and saw some things that you, you knew were right for you? How, how important was that? Like probably one of the biggest things mm. that what, I took into account. What What did you notice? What kind of things did you grab a hold of? Well, I always have loved John Thurlow mm -hmm. since I was a little kid. Mm. And so when um, I got the opportunity to start worship leading after I came back from IHOP, I would always draw from him. Like even in the way that he would change keys and stuff and the mm -hmm. way that songs flow together. And he would take one kind of idea from one song and then like bring in this other song that has the same theme. Mm -hmm. And so I'd always look at that. But, um, was that yeah. intimidating to watch someone do it so well mm, when, when you're first no, starting out? Not really. I didn't think intimidating more like a goal mm. that I wanted to inspiring. Yeah. Work towards it. Mm hmm. Mm. Like, I never looked at it like, oh, I'm never going to be like that. Mm. I looked at it like, I will be like that one day. Mm. So, mm. and I like watching Joel from the beginning of shop. Joel Augustine. Yeah. Yeah. I've always looked towards him for song choices because everybody here has kind of their own style. Mm -hmm. And so I found that Joel is more my style mm. than the songs that I would choose. So I've always looked towards him for like ideas even like chord progressions and antiphonal and stuff right. so you're both keyboard players mm -hmm. so that kind of makes sense yeah exactly oh johan <laughs> well we co-lead so he's my other leader on our set he's also our engineer he's sitting right here yeah so you have to say something <laughs> I have to nice say something good. <laughs> <laughs> no i actually like really really enjoy uh leading alongside johan actually mm. yeah like it's really fun I think that, well, we couldn't do Joel and myself doing it because we both play piano. Right, sure. But I think like our mix of style for Johan and myself creates a good dynamic mm. for the weeks that one of us isn't leading. Now, have you had an experience where you knew that things were not working musically? You know, I, I've been on lots of teams. I play the drums, as you know. And so I've been on teams where... Oh boy, it's just out of sync. We've got technical problems. We're not quite in, you know, we're fighting our tempos and somebody's going too fast and somebody's going too slow and or we've got a different kind of a groove. And yet somehow it it seems to uh, rise above all of those broken parts and it turns into this awesome experience. Have you had that? Do you feel like you, it wasn't just you, but things went past that? I can't like remember certain sets of me leading it, mm. but I definitely have been a singer on sets where it's felt like that. Mm. And it just ends up being like the best thing ever in the antiphonal. What do you think is happening there? We're trying to do everything we can. 
we're trying to do it right. We kind of we kind of come at it with a theory that if we do it right, if we do all the parts right, and everybody plays their instruments correctly, and we're all in, you know wonderfully re rehearsed, which we don't really rehearse, but mm -hmm. if we all do it correctly like that, then somehow the Lord will like that, and He'll come into the midst of it. And sometimes we're just the worst mess ever, and and the thing still ends up being wonderful. What's going on there? Well, as a singer, I feel like God loves us in our brokenness. Mm -hmm. And so like doing everything. Now we're going to sing for this many minutes and at this second we're going to stop and it has to be this way and it has to sound like this. And all of that kind of mindset is just like so fake, you know, like you can't put your heart into any of that. Mm. And so I feel like when it's a show, it's not genuine. And so it doesn't attract the Lord as much. Right. We used to say all the time in the early days, you were, you were way too young because you mm -hmm. were like 11 or something when mm -hmm. we started. But we used to say, I, I'd say to our worship teams, it's not a Broadway show, people. <laughs> we don't have to do this thing perfectly, yeah. you know, and everybody does their parts and we get a big round of applause at the end. It's a prayer meeting. Prayer meetings don't have to be perfect, but they have to be real. Mm -hmm. And that's the big difference. Yeah. And I feel like since we started that mindset from the beginning, that now like training myself and others up into that has like been really beneficial and mm -hmm. even when i was at ihop like everything is not always perfect there as well oh, yeah that's right like it looks perfect mm -hmm. but uh sitting there where you can see all the different dynamics instead of just on the webcast like mm -hmm. not everything is perfect mm -hmm. and so that was also kind of good to see because mm -hmm. it looked like amazing Let's uh, let's leave it for for now, and and let's do a second episode on this. I feel like I have a few more important questions, and <laughs> okay. uh, and I I want to get some wisdom pieces from you because, mm -hmm. again, you're right in it. You're just starting, and there's things that you can say to a twenty something young emerging worship leader that will be helpful. Just touching the reality of success and failure and what it feels like to be before the Lord and some of the uh, the responsibilities and obligations. There's stuff here that we want to dig out a little bit. So so let's come back and we'll we'll do that in our, ne in our next episode. Okay. Do I get to close the show? <laughs> you can if you want. All right. So you've been listening to Shopcast. Uh, if you want inf more information, you go to our website. It's sanctuaryhop.com and we will be back next week with more with Emily. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> 